Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli and I play Fevrisk, a Leonin artificer. I leveled up by giving myself a plus two to dexterity to up my armor class and make my some of my abilities more useful. I'm Lorelai Weissel and I play Erythros, who is an iron golem fighter. And I leveled up by really understanding my audience now. And I'm not going to tell you what that means. But, uh, you know, I, I have a sense of who I'm performing for, so keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Brian Dawes, and my character, Bronte of Melitus, who is a feared, a.k.a. cleric of Karanos, leveled up by getting two more points in wisdom so people can stop resisting his spells. <laughs> uh, and I'm Cristalano, and I leveled up by uh preparing for tonight's session that's that's it that's the whole extent of it huh yeah very quickly before we get to our allegedly thrilling finale of dnd uh two quick news items the first is that a new booster product was announced called jumpstart that comes out a week before core set 2021 does and this is a set with 20-card uh, booster packs. Uh, they essentially function like half a limited deck. So you open two boosters and shuffle them together into 40 cards. And uh, this, this is a semi-randomized set. There are 121 possible 20-card boosters across 46 themes. Uh, some themes like Garrick or Pirates or Cats and... Uh, so, yeah, and what, one in three boosters contains an extra rare, which is cool. There's, uh, mostly reprints, but there are 37 new cards. This seems like a cute little thing that you can just, like, very quickly play some high-variant games of Magic. So, that's neat, I guess. Um, there's pictures of doggos on the packaging, which I like. Um, also, goblins, which Jay likes. So I do, in fact, like those. Yeah, that's that's neat. Goblins is one of the themes. Anyway, so that's a new thing that's going to be out this summer. Uh, the second thing is that uh, because uh, Toy Fair was this week, and and there's we're we're in trade show season for the industry, and and some product information usually gets out at this point so uh getting ahead of that they announced the names for the five commander decks the commander 2020 decks that will come out um parallel to Akoria, and those commander decks are called ruthless regiment arcane maelstrom symbiotic swarm timeless wisdom and enhanced evolution and that's all y'all know about those uh, I, I i worked on those products they're very neat i'm very excited for everyone to see them so get speculating about what the heck that means i'm really excited for the arcane maelstrom one and hope that it will work well with my nicol bolas edh deck because we know how much nicol bolas really likes the maelstrom <laughs> yeah symbiotic swarm is probably right up my alley but we'll see i'm not gonna comment on them <laughs> See, that's why you have me and Brian, because uh, last I checked, I haven't signed any NDAs. And you haven't been given any information, so it's perfect. Yeah, and I can disclose anything I want. Uh, but speaking of disclosures, uh, we're going to start, I guess, with the game tonight. Um, there's nothing about disclosures involved. I just wanted to segue. Uh, so <laughs> the last we left off with the game. Good job, Chris. Um, 
<laughs> I'm very good at this. Uh, the last we left off with our adventure on Theros, uh, the three adventurers have kind of been uh, shuttled from Asphodel to a encampment of Minotaur uh, somewhere outside the city. Um, you were standing between what was essentially a contingent of the returned who walked you as close to the camp as they were comfortable to get, and the camp of these stoic, uh, vicious-looking minotaurs. Um, they have noticed you. You can tell that they sort of stopped and looked over to you, um, but they haven't approached you or made any sort of movement towards you at all. Um, in fact, if you could all sort of give me an, an insight check real quick. Insight. Yes, but I, insight. But, but I don't get a bonus for that one. Well, that's too bad. That's a 15. I got a 14. Natural one. Jesus. All right. So um, the Fevrisk uh, is looking at his toes and picking his nose right now. Uh, but the rest of you can see, or I guess the other two of you, uh, you see that these Minotaur who are sort of circling the camp and standing on the outskirts who appear to be acting sort of like guards. They all have battle axes in their hands. Uh, they look very tense, but they don't appear aggressive towards you at all. Um, actually, they seem to be sort of trying not to look at you. Did they see us coming up with the the uh, returned, or did we break uh, out of... Did we get away from them before we caught the Minotaur's notice? Uh, you broke away from the returned before the Minotaur would really have gotten a good look at you. Um, I think they can... I mean, I can't tell you what the Minotaur can see, but you are pretty far away from the returned uh, and much closer to the camp than you are to those returned who escorted you here. Okay. So they they look to be not... Eh, they look like they're not trying to make contact with us, but they clearly know that we're there. Yes, they know that you are there, but they seem to be uh, not being aggressive towards you. All right. Well, um, I will look to... The other two, like, do we want to walk in and greet them, or? I can't fight them from out here. I guess I'll, I'll break the ice. Uh, greetings in stilted book-learned Minotaur. Yes, uh, you shout out greetings. I'm assuming you're sort of approaching the camp to get within shouting distance of them. Yes. Uh, you see one of the Minotaur who's standing pretty close by and standing by uh, a tent sort of looks over at you for just a moment, huffs, and then looks away really quickly and actually turns around. <laughs> Do I perceive this as, like, are they trying to be, like, rude? Or are they, like, can I roll an insight check to figure out whether they're just yes. trying to be rude? or Roll me an insight check. Ooh, that was really good. Uh, that is a 25. Okay, you can tell that there is some sort of, like, tension or apprehension in this Minotaur. Uh, but it seems to be like pointedly trying not to engage with you uh, as if it is looking away from you to avoid doing something mean. <laughs> is it just me or is it all of us? Uh, it's all of you. You can actually see there's there's plenty of Minotaur within sight now. Um, they seem to be like sort of standing on the outskirts of this camp where there are some, you know, like racks of leather drying and food Um some sort of like miniature little anvils where there's a minotaur off. You can't really see very clearly who's like trying to like repair some weaponry. Um, and all of them are like stealing glances your way, but none of them are actually like looking at you. Huh. 
It's a camp of cowards. This fight will be easy. Weird. Are, are any of you looking for the mistress of the city? <laughs> Do you say that in Minotaur, I'm assuming? <laughs> can, can you speak Minotaur? <laughs> uh... Where do I find my... La- I forget what my languages were here. I- right on the front page under proficiencies. Or are you on beyond? Under proficiencies. Uh, proficiencies in language? Yeah, I do actually. So I growl it in Minotaur. <laughs> uh, you can... As you say the mistress of the city, one of them uh, sort of like looks over at you and growls a little under his breath. And then he sort of takes a step towards you. And then stops and has to like shake his head a little bit and start walking away, grumbling under his breath. Hmm. I've never met a group of Minotaur so antisocial, and that's saying something. Weird. Very strange. So, can we look around and see where like the center of the camp is? So, the center of the camp, you can kind of see uh, what you assume to be the center would be where there's this giant bonfire. Um, and even though Minotaur are pretty tall and they have pretty tall tents, uh, you can still see like the tops of the flame actually over the tops of the tents. All right. So I, I turn to my companions and go, mm, we should look for the leader here and talk to them. Sounds reasonable. And when you fail at talking, I'm ready to fight. All right. So um, do you all approach the more into the encampment and towards the I center do. yeah sure. <laughs> yep yeah so as y'all move towards into the camp uh proper um you notice that some of these minotaur who should be acting as like guards uh the ones who are carrying axes uh are like trying their hardest not to look at you and they're all moving away from you as if they don't want to get too close to you um you sort of find it really easy to find the center of this camp because, like I said, there's this giant bonfire and the smoke is looking up to the sky. The flame is probably it's taller than any Minotaur in this place and Minotaur are tall um, and standing right in front of this bonfire, perhaps in silhouette, but you can't really tell his back is towards you. You see a Minotaur larger than any of the others in the camp. His fur is this sort of inky black and his horns are adorned in these shiny, glittering gold chains and human bones, maybe? Um, As you approach closer to him, you can hear him snort into the fire and a plume of smoke just sort of wraps around him and floats off into the air. Do you lead these Minotaur? Do you lead this herd? He, uh, He doesn't respond at first, and there's a moment of silence. And then you hear... So the pretender has sent you. The bleak-hearted foresaw this. I will crush her beneath my foot, and I will make an altar of her bones. Mm, Excellent. (laughs) I think we're after the same thing. He, uh, He turns towards you and he says, You are some pathetic pawns of her, are you not? Will you turn on her, or will you join my raid on the city? Or will you be the first burnt offerings to Erebos on my new altar of her bones? Erebos? Don't, you don't follow Mogus? He snorts in your direction. And he just stands there staring down at you. He goes, I don't need to answer your questions. You don't. The deals I've made with the gods are between me and them. That's, that's reasonable. Um, can, I, can I do a religion check to see what I know about any Erebos worshipping minotaurs? Yeah. 
Anyone who might, wants to make a knowledge religion check, now would be a good time. I'll yep. go for it. Alright, I got a non-natural 20. Could I do history instead? Especially since I'm from the mountains, the Minotaurs. Yes. Uh, I got a 10. I got okay. a 12. Alright, so with a 10 on a history check, uh, you don't know a lot about Minotaur society, but you do know that they worship Mogus. Everyone knows that Minotaur worship Mogus. Um, in fact, earlier in this very campaign, you encountered a Minotaur who invoked Mogus during his battle with you. Um, with a 12 religion check, uh, Bronte, you you know that Minotaur worship Mogus, and you haven't heard of very many who worship any other gods. Um, you actually probably suspect that there are more atheist Minotaur, uh, lacking a better term, than there are Minotaur who don't worship Mogus. And with your 20 religion, uh, Erythros, you know that Minotaur worship Mogus, but there have been some in the past who followed paths of other gods. And looking at this chieftain of this Minotaur clan, you see these gold chains that are adorning his horns. And you see on the very little armor he's wearing, symbols of Erebos mm -hmm. in gold. Okay. I turned to Feverisk and, um, sorry, I forgot your name, Bronte. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm terrible with names in general in real life. And of course we decided to play a game where everyone has different names. So that's great for me. <laughs> um, so I turned to Feverisk and Bronte and go, look, it really is worshiping Erebos. That's weird. Hmm. But also, maybe he hates the returned. Worship of all gods is weird, but this is especially curious. So, Look, um... If, he, if he's worshipping a death god, that's bad for you folks who can, like, you know, die and stuff. Uh, would y'all give me perception checks real perception. quick? Perception? Yes. <laughs> Natural 20. Nice. Oh, nice. Uh, I have a 5. 22. All right. So, um, Arethros, you don't see this because you're too busy looking at your companions, but the other two can see, um, first of all, uh, what appeared to be two sort of like sticks sticking out of the bonfire behind this minotaur actually are handles attached to uh, these axe heads that are huge. I mean, these are great axes, and there's two of them sticking in the fire. Um, you can also see that the gold chains around his horns and there are gold chains around the axes that are in the fire seem to have a uh, the aura of Nyx on them. You also notice that uh, there are some minotaurs sort of gathered around the outskirts of this bonfire and the camp, but they are sort of standing there watching. None of them are holding weapons at all. They're all sort of just leaning on their axes, waiting to see what happens. Uh, yeah, Arethos, you saw none of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> none of what? So I say, you you want to destroy this pretender in the city? She has forsaken Erebos and stands with a god of lies. Mm, sounds like a foolish person indeed. We have met her. She threatened us and sent us out here. But I have no intention of following her commands. I could smell her on you from the moment you entered my camp. He spits on the ground. Disgusting.
Uh, all right. I, I sp- <laughs> okay. First, can I do like a like a history or insight check to see like what action from my history of interacting with minotaurs might be the most appropriate to gain his favor here? Uh, give me an insight check. Fourteen. You just meet my insight check amount that I wanted you to make. Uh, the Minotaur chieftain, he seems ready for some kind of battle. Um, you can see the way he's standing. You recognize as uh, as if he's like on his toes. Of course, he has hooves, so he doesn't really have toes to be on. But it looks like he's sort of ready to move quickly if he needs to. Um, he's not like resting behind him. And you also can tell from your insight, uh, he did offer for you to join him on attacking the city. And Minotaur not really known for making offers that they uh, renege on at any time. He said he wants you to join him. That is an offer. He also asked if you would die in a combat with him. That's also possible. Minotaur don't really mince their words. All right. So I kind of growl deep in my throat, spit on the ground as well, bare my teeth and say... Uh, do you, are you Minotaur going to talk all day, or are we going to attack the city? Will your companions be joining me? Of course. What, are, what was he saying? Are we fighting now? Are we going to kick his ass? No, we're, we're going to aid him in assaulting the city. And get rid of the, the, the traitor lady. We're going to kick her ass? Yeah. Gosh, she did not try my wine. I don't like that. She, you know what? This might I, be even better. I, heard, I, I even heard her say your wine was disgusting. But she didn't try it. She just, I know, exactly. How would she know? Exactly, exactly. So, so are you saying she lied? Yeah, she was telling other people. She would lie about my wine. My wine that I literally pour my heart into because it's the closest analog I have to a heart. Yes. I say we kick her ass. And I turn back to the Minotaur leader and growl in Minotaur again. They're all with us. Uh, The chieftain reaches behind him and reaches into the fire and pulls out the two massive great axes. And he holds them up to the sky and crosses them over his head, sending sparks of this bonfire shooting up into the air. And he lets out a bellowing roar. I start clapping (laughs) because this is really cool looking. From all around you, you can hear the Minotaur in the uh, in the encampment also let out this bellow, and you feel this sort of power descend upon this area. You feel this sort of urgency, and you feel as if this like fate that has been sort of booing you back and forth from Melitus to Asphodel to this encampment, this sort of wind that has been forcing you in one direction stops, as if. As if maybe you were puppets and your strings have just been cut. You feel freed from that fate and you feel this sort of other wind, this wind of wrath blowing against your back. And as these minotaurs oh, yell, whoa, 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 hold you on. feel... Wind of wrath? Do we have enchantments on us? Auras? <laughs> uh, it's Theros. Everyone's enchanted. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm glad that you caught my reference, <laughs> Anyways, it's a magic card joke. (laughs) You feel this wind of wrath blowing against your back towards Asphodel, 
where the pretender sits on this throne of lies and these minotaur start running the ground shakes around you dust fills the air and you can hear these minotaur just trampling over everything the encampment itself is being destroyed around you as they run towards the city the chieftain stares down at you the two flaming battle axes in his hands there will be no more lies from the pretender on the throne of asphodel hell yeah lead me to her and we will force the truth out of her blood i uh ro- I, I i lean back with my spear held up above my head and i let out a, a very loud leonin uh, war cry growl or roar <laughs> a roar <Arar>. <laughs> <laughs> um I pull out my hammer and throw my hands in the air. Yeah! I have no idea what he's saying, but yeah! <laughs> I'm just excited to be in this moment. It's a very cool moment. <laughs> so, uh, shall we follow the Minotaur? Yep. Uh, Bronte's following along like, oh god, I, I start what's happening? running behind. <laughs> um, so, you, you feel this sort of supernatural rage. Uh... You all just feel very angry at this woman who imprisoned you in a way and lied to you and deceived you, uh, is deceiving all of the returned. And you feel that rage carry you with incredible speed to the walls of the city. What took you an hour to get to that encampment earlier takes maybe 15 or 20 minutes. And as you're running towards the city, uh, there are some returned on the path. And this chieftain who's with you is just cutting them down like nothing. He's swinging his two battle axes out in front of him and just mowing down any returned in his path. And he looks to you and he says, take me to her, the fastest route. So do we need to write, uh, do we remember the route? I mean, it was like an hour ago, so. <laughs> or do we need to roll for this? <laughs> uh, um, You know, give me, uh, all of you give me a, an intelligence check. Just intelligence just a d20 plus your intelligence. 14? Mm, uh, 19. Uh, 21. Blackjack. Oh, wow. Um, all three of you remember the fastest route to this woman's throne was probably that secret entrance you came in all that time ago. Well, let's take them there. Wasn't it on a different side of the city? Uh, you couldn't see it when you came out of the city, but you know where it is. Uh, and considering the fact that the city is crawling with returned, it still would probably be the fastest okay. way in. So we, uh, I'll tell, I'm not going to do the voice. I'll tell him <laughs> that there's a secret entrance <laughs> and we can uh, take her in her little coward hole. <laughs> and we just have to sweep around the side of the city uh, and, and find the secret entrance. He, uh, he just follows along behind you. He just, he doesn't even respond in words. He said to take him the fastest way and this would be it. So you lead him around the wall. Uh, you have to cut through some overgrown trees and bushes, but the Minotaur chieftain is just sort of mowing it down and lighting fire nice. to it. Um, so as you go along, there's sort of these little tiny uh, forest fires popping up behind you. So Smokey, the the bear, uh, the tutu, is not going to be very happy about this. Um, but that's fine, because he's not here. And um, as you start approaching where the secret entrance was... You hear on the wind just a little faint piping sound, and then it's gone. And you reach that secret entrance door, uh, and you find that it's uncovered. You lead him through. 
There's nothing stopping you. And the door that you opened before is still open. You notice as you walk through that that tunnel, um, there are no guards. And in fact, give me perception checks. Twelve. Twelve. Nine. All right. Uh, With a twelve, those of you who have twelve, you can tell that there is a sound of fighting somewhere in this city. Um, You can hear some minotaur yelling. You can hear the sounds of uh, sword on shield, on armor, on axe. You know, the clangs of the steel. Well, I guess it's bronze or iron. Um... And you can hear that. It's not iron. Uh, it's just bronze. Just bronze? Okay. Maybe like um, tin foil. You hear the sound of tin foil <laughs> being crumpled up. Um, <laughs> as these Minotaur are just probably somewhere in the city destroying uh, these undead soldiers. Um, but where you are inside this palace, inside this kitchen that still has, or this dining room that still has food and wine everywhere, you don't hear any fighting at all. So uh, once once we approach the kitchen, I'm gonna hold up like a hand. Uh, uh, it's it's a dining, dining room. whatever dining room. I'm gonna hold up a hand and and motion that I'm gonna go ahead uh, and I'm gonna roll for stealth to kind of stealthily creep into the room and towards the door to the hallway where we know her throne room is. Mm-hmm. And that is a eighteen. Yeah, you are walking through to the throne room and you reach that hallway with the. Uh, doors on either side and the door that's uh, across from you that you remember led to where you were sort of ambushed by that sea of returned. Um, And you don't see any returned, but you do see that the door is closed. All right. I'm going to motion the others forward and then I'm going to uh, check the door for traps. Uh, Give me a perception check. Would that be perception or investigation? Uh, Let's do investigation. That's good, because my investigation's higher. 15. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with a 15, you can see that there is a uh, a wire that's attached to the door that, when pulled out, rings a little bell somewhere on the other side of the door. You sort of recognize this sort of, like, alarm device that you've seen before. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to pull out whatever. I, I have, like, Mason's tools, Smith tools, Thief tools, Tinker tools. I'm going to pull out a tool set to kind of disarm this uh, this trap. God, you're such a tool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just, you cut it. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's no noise or anything. It's just a little snip. Do I need to re-roll stealth to kind of stealthily slowly open the door and, and slice the pie, so to speak, to, to look inside? Uh, I will tell you this. As soon as you cut the little alarm on the door, you hear the Minotaur chieftain sort of like stomping uh, (laughs) through the dining room and down the hall. Um, So you don't have a lot of time. He's going to be there in a moment and that door is coming down. Uh, I'm running after him. Fair enough. I'm going to if I hear him coming, I'm just going to step off to the side and let him barrel through the door first. Uh, You step off to the side just in time as this chieftain uh, who is sort of like having to bend over to fit in this hallway, gets to the door and with both battle axes just sort of wails into it and knocks it to the ground uh, and steps through the entryway. And there's a little bit of like dust and and that has pulled up uh, and he steps into the room. And as he does, you can all sort of see on that raised dais uh, ahead of you is the pretender. Uh, all right. 
I, I well, I, we're, <laughs> we're here to kill her, mm-hmm. so... Yeah. I enter the room, uh, I sling my hammer over my shoulder, and I point at her and say, I heard you didn't like my wine, you jackass. Are there any doors behind her or other or elsewhere that she could escape out of? Uh, give me a perception check. <sighs> Critical fail. You don't see any, but you do remember... Uh, when you were in this room earlier, that there are plenty of little entrances and exits out of this throne room. Um, but she does not seem, even with a natural fail, She, you can tell that she's just sort of sitting in this chair, and she is still wearing her gold mask. And she seems very relaxed, despite the fact that this hulking minotaur chieftain is sort of like huffing and puffing in this room with his axes in his hands. And he points one up at her and he goes, Pretender. You have forsaken Erebos. You have made playthings of the dead. It is time for you to join them in the underworld. And she yawns. She just goes, ah, come on. You know that I'm not going anywhere. He begins rushing towards her. And there's enough space between him and her where she simply raises her hand. And you see that she is holding a bell. And she rings it. And a sea of returns start pouring from behind her throne. The coming out of some sort of secret entrance there. These returned guards start like running at the chieftain in a movement that seems a lot faster and a lot more intentional than you've seen the return to move in the past. And he just starts sort of trying to beat them back with his axe as they're trying to literally jump on top of him with their swords. So I'm still near the door can I, I'm I'm going to, like, smack the bell closer to us and see if it, like, moves the, uh, if the returned, like, change their target. They do not, but the chieftain seems to not be struggling that much with them. There's just so many of them that he's having trouble uh, getting through them to her. And he shouts over the sound of all of these returned trying to pile on top of them and says to I'll keep them busy don't let her escape all right I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have my spear and throw it at her I'm gonna... all right uh roll me initiative uh, did you have something you want to do Brian old person again uh all right. and that is a an 18 on initiative for me <laughs> five. Okay. I guess I should do that, huh? Mm-hmm. Let me get initiative rolls from everyone. Hey, Jay, we're five buddies. Yay! It just means we'll be attacking with more known information. It's like being on the draw. <laughs> this is where aggro decks like me want to be. What was your initiative, uh, Erythros? Five. Oh. She has a... Okay. Uh, I'm going to let uh, Bronte and Feverisk have their surprise attacks first. Okay. Uh, uh, why don't you cast Hold Person first? Hold Person. DC 14 Wisdom Saving Throw. Uh, so you let out your spell, and she's sitting on her chair, and you see her tense up for a moment, uh, and then she uses a legendary reaction to pass her save. Wonderful. Yep. <laughs> All right. She is a boss. She gets legendary actions. In the world of D&D, just so everyone who's listening knows, uh, 
monsters or characters who are meant to be bosses tend to have what is called legendary actions. Uh, these can be legendary resistances, or they can be actions that they can use as reactions or as part of the combat. So, yeah. Uh, and then you can throw your spear if you would like. Yes. Feverisk. That is a natural 20. Oh, all right. Uh, roll me critical damage. What is that? A roll twice and then uh, add the, add the uh, You double... You double the damage die. So however, whatever die you roll for damage, you roll twice that many. Okay. Four, five, plus three, plus uh, 12 damage. All right. Um, so your spear flies across the room over the head of this uh, minotaur and this massive undead and hits her squarely in the shoulder. And she looks very upset <laughs> so i send i send it's very funny <laughs> i send gataki uh to like move closer to her i don't think is she within 40 feet uh at this point um she is probably just 40 feet away from you i will say though your your surprise uh action was just your just attack. my attack okay that's fine because mm-hmm. now we are moving into initiative sure and to be clear, I had that Erythros rolled a five and Feverus rolled a yep. five. Okay. Uh, Feverus, you have a higher uh, dex bonus, so you will be going before Erythros, just so you're aware. Nice. I go last, um, presumably. Yes. But going first is going to be the Pretender. Um, she had a very high initiative roll. And you see her, after being hit by this uh, spear, sort of stand up on her dais and she actually flips through the air over the minotaur in the returned landing about 20 feet from each of you and she pulls out a long slender sword that seems to have the aura of nyx on it i point at her and say she's got that sword again (laughs) uh and as you point at her she's actually going to uh quickly run over to you and make an attack on you. Oh, I don't like that. Well, this is what you get for yelling. <laughs> uh, and that is going to be a 21 to hit. Well, well, I would say that that probably <laughs> hits me. Yes. Uh, and you are going to take... Uh, you know, I'm going to roll for this. Uh, you're going to take 10 damage. Okay, take 10 damage. Uh, and then she's going to make another attack on you. Oh, I don't like this. Uh, that is a 10 to hit, which I don't think will. It does not. Um, and then for her bonus action, she is going to uh, disengage from you and run a little bit off to the side, uh, about 20 feet away from you. And that's her turn. Uh, next up is going to be Bronte. I guess whole person again. All right. So what was the DC on that? 14 wisdom. Ooh, she passes. Sweet. <laughs> is it? I, I don't think it... I think Bronte's a little upset, because I don't think a single whole person you've used is stuck. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you got tiny hands. Tiny little human hands. Um, anything else for your turn, Bronte? Nope. Alright. Uh, Feverisk, it's your turn. Alright, uh, my magical spear reappears in my hand uh and i c- 
command Gataki to attack her. So that's going to be, he's going to move close and use force empowered rend on her, which is a mm-hmm. 22. Uh, that'll hit. And it's 1d8 plus 2 force damage. 5 damage. Okay. She is hit and takes 5 damage. And then I am going to throw my spear again at her. Actually, no, I'll move, since she's only like 20 feet away, I'll just move a little bit because mm-hmm. I have a range of 20 feet on it. And I will use, um, I'll do the slightly more powerful, versatile attack on her. So, all right, so that's uh, plus five to hit. Sixteen. Uh, Sixteen will just hit her. All right, and that's a D eight plus three, six damage. Uh, you notice that you hit her, uh, but she seems to have sort of moved supernaturally fast. And uh, the attack does not make as much purchase on her as you expected it to. Mm, which? Um, is that it for your turn? That's it, yeah. All right, Arethros, it's your turn. I'm going to uh, lift up my hammer and, and run at her and just, just go right for that stupid golden mask. All right. Just, 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 um, I just want to wail on her dumb lying face. <laughs> if you want to be sure that you hit her on the mask, on her face, you can make an attack at disadvantage. I will not. Okay. But there will be a 16. A uh, 16 will just hit her. Cool. Doop, doop, doop. And that'll be six damage. All right. It is back to her turn, and she is going to, uh, after sort of being assaulted by the the two of you and the bronze sable uh she's going to whip her sword around and try and hit feverisk and that will be a 12 to hit you which i don't think does nope uh and then she will make another attempt at hitting feverisk which will be a nine to hit you which i don't think does (laughs) nope Uh, (laughs) she's a little distracted by being surrounded uh and she is going to uh sort of with this supernatural agility that she has uh, sort of slip between any of you before you could make any sort of attack on her. And she's going to actually run across the floor towards Bronte. And that is going to be her turn. And now it's Bronte's turn. You have this woman running at you with her sword out. Sweet. I'm going to uh, take out my spear, look at it, or my javelin and look at it and like, Better late than never. And I'll chuck it at her face. Throw it at her face and she's running right toward me. I will activate its magic. Say, Karanos, be with me. And... So, okay. Um, Is anyone between she and I? No one is between you and her. Cool. Your companions are behind her. So she's actually between you and your companions. Don't miss. <laughs> if it's an attack, the only way he could miss that bad would be a natural one. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> was it? What was it? What did you just say? A natural one? Yeah. All right. All right. I, <laughs> I committed to it. I'm sorry. I'm going to assign uh, one or two to Feverisk. Three or four to the Bronze Sable, five or six to Erythros. I'm rolling a six-side die. 
It's a one. So your attack goes errant. <laughs> and it's going to hit Feverisk instead. Aww. Roll damage. <laughs> awesome. Bronte is not having the best day. Cool. 24 points of damage. What? How much? I activated <laughs> the magic on the spear, so 24 points of damage. Uh, okay, so what was the... Uh, that 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 would have knocked me out if we didn't level up. Hold on. Oh, I'm just... I'm sorry. I'm laughing really hard at this situation. All right. Chris, what uh, did you do? <clears throat> I let out a very uh, loud yelp. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of clutched my side. <laughs> well, uh, that was Bronte's turn. And it would now be uh, Feverisk's turn. <laughs> uh, so I, after getting hit like that, I uh, reach into one of my pockets and pull out this tiny little um, statue that has, uh, it's, it's like... Um, uh, what's the best way to describe it? It's like two intertwined snakes, uh, and when I hold when I hold it from the bottom, the two snakes spin around, uh, and I press it against my body, and I am using cure wounds from my artificer spell, so I am going to recover one d eight plus two. So that's n- I'm healing nine health, and I just kind of an usher gataki to attack this the um the lady while i'm recovering so mm-hmm. uh gataki is my bronze sable is going to run over and do force empowered rend for 15 15 will not mm. hit her uh she seems to have been a little scared of what just went by her face um and manages to sort of step out of the way just in time as he comes to uh to use his rend mm. on her uh, Arethros, it's your turn. Your buddy just got hit by a very powerful javelin. Uh, yeah, is that that's on? It was thrown, right? Yep. So, does does your javelin Bronte um stick around or does it? It's a normal javelin now. Okay. <laughs> so it's still in my side. I pull it out, by the way. Yep. <laughs> Before I heal the wound. <laughs> good good I idea. Pull it out and kind of toss it in, in Bronte's general direction, but I make no yeah. effort to <laughs> no effort to uh, you can't toss it without using a bonus. Oh, Alright, well, I just drop it that. So it's it's just there. No, this is I think because what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna cast catapult targeting the javelin to send okay. it flying at the pretender um so she uh what she have to do uh she has to make a dex saving throw it's 13 she rolled a 13 on the die okay she's as she has demonstrated she is very very good at dodging and avoiding things so you do send the javelin launching towards her uh and she manages to like turn to the side and sort of parry it with her own sword uh-huh. and it falls to the ground at her feet okay yep that happens <laughs> uh, 
Uh, anything else for your turn? I'm going to shout in frustration. <laughs> in real life and in the game. We're not having a great time, Chris. Uh, you know, you've actually done a, a decent amount of damage to her already. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but it will be her turn again. And she is going to, uh, after knocking that javelin to the ground, uh, spin around and make an attack on Bronte. And that'll be a nine to hit. So that's not going to work. And then another nine to hit. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> At least you're having a bad day, too. Hey, yeah, you, she's not having a good time. You can't say Jesus Christ, we're on Theros. You have to say, like, oh, Elspeth Turella. Kithian Yora. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> uh, yeah, she she sort of grunts and goes, Kithian. <laughs> uh, Bronte, it's now your turn. You have dodged two of her attacks. Your Your javelin is at her feet. I'm going to point and say, "Hear the ring of the of the thunder god," and cast shatter, so that her head is at the bottom of the sphere, uh-huh. and she needs to make a Constitution saving throw. Ooh, tell me a little bit about shatter. Describe the spell to me. Um, so basically, anything within a within the 15 foot sphere. Oh, hold up one minute. Let me mm-hmm. double check that. Uh. Ten foot sphere, okay. Uh, makes a Constitution saving throw. Basically, it's a loud ring noise that painfully er- that's painfully intense that erupts from a point of my choice within range. All right. Uh, I'm guessing a ten does not save. No, and I am going to use my channel divinity. Okay. To deal maximum damage. So that is. 24 points of damage. All right. Um, so you point your finger, you call on Karanos, and there's this sound of thunder, and it's isolated right around her head. And you see her reach up and grab at her ears um, as this, this noise emanates, and you see a crack go down the middle of her golden mask. And she lets out a yell. I throw a hand into the air. Way to go, little guy. <laughs> Anything else for your turn, Bronte? Nope. All right. Uh, Feverisk, it's your turn. All right. I am going to charge up to her. Not not an actual action charge, but I'm going to move up uh, until I'm 20 feet behind her again. And I am going to attack with my spear. And that will be right. a... Oh, that one disappeared under here. Hold on. That'll be a 21. Uh, that will hit her, but you notice that she does somehow uh, dodge just enough to miss the brunt of the attack. So roll damage for me. Uh, six. All right. She did not seem to take the full amount of that. And I bark a command at Kataki and it attacks with Force Empowered Rend again. 22. Right. That'll hit. And that is 1d8 plus 2. 4. Alright. She seems uh, to have taken quite a bit of damage during this last little round. Uh, Erythros, it's your turn. You can help pile on if you would like. (laughs) Well, gee whiz. I don't know if I can do that. I'm playing, you know, the fighter class. Can I really fight, you think? Um, I don't know. Why don't you tell me? Now's <laughs> the time to prove it. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I guess that is my job to tell you. So uh, 
I'm going to point at her doing like a little finger gun and cast Firebolt. <laughs> pew, pew. Right. Yeah, basically. Um, so it's plus five. So it's going to be a 17. That'll hit her. Um, and do, 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 do. where's my D10? There it is. Uh, so this is, uh, okay, uh, two fire damage. <laughs> okay. You, you hit her and it, it burns a little. It's like a little, like when you touch like a, a really hot, uh, piece of toast out of the oven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> this seems like a good turn to use, um, my action surge. Uh, right. and, and I'm going to run up to her and, uh, both hands on my warhammer take a swing at right. her back. Uh, it's going to be an 18. That will hit her. So I'm going to bring the hammer down on her back and deal 10 damage. Oof. Uh, so you hit her on the back and she sort of crumples to the ground. Uh, she looks in serious pain her mask is cracked her body has a little singe on it she's been cut up she's been smacked around uh and she's on the ground and then she sort of sinks into shadow and disappears for a moment and then reappears standing about 30 feet away and she's sort of hunched over a little bit and she reaches up and grabs her mask and rips it off and throws it to the ground. And she becomes that human woman standing there with her hair just looking sweaty and matted with blood, her face sort of glaring down the three of you. And she is going to uh, point her dagger at you. And I need, let me make sure I have this right. I need each of you to make a constitution saving throw. Mm, that is a 14 for me. 23 right. for me. 17. All right, you all passed, which is good. Um, the DC was 14, so oh, good thank job. God. Uh, so you will take half of this damage. Okay, so you're each going to take 14 uh, uh, psychic damage as from her blade sort of comes out a whale. Uh it is this unusual sort of feeling that you've never experienced before. As oh, kind of like the sound, wash over not you. the animal. Yes. <laughs> no, like the sound. <laughs> I was very confused. <laughs> um, so, yeah, from her blade comes this sort of like wash, this wailing sound. Uh, and you see what appears to be sort of like a river of... I hate to describe it this way, but you know in how Hercules, he goes to the underworld and there's the river Styx and it's kind of made of these spirits? Yeah. Why do you hate to yeah, describe we, it that way? It's great. It's a great uh, visual. I'm borrowing from Disney. That's what you see as it sort of pours out from her blade and washes over the three of you. Oh, that Hercules. I thought you were talking Kevin Sorbo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. No. <laughs> no, that one's um, a, a lot more of, a, you know, I, I'm not, not even going to dunk on Kevin Sorbo's political <laughs> beliefs on this podcast. So, we're above that, right? Uh, no, no, we're, we're not. not. You, you would have each taken uh, 28 points of damage, but you took 14 instead uh, because you all passed. Well, that's good. That if, way I'm not yeah. dead. Yes. 
Um, I would have been not dead either way. I would have been very, very close. And then she she looks at the three of you and then spits some blood on the ground, uh, a little upset that you're still standing there. And she says, I'll give you one last chance to leave. I'll look her right in the eyes and say, I'd spit back if I could spit. Uh, you hit... <laughs> Um, why is that so funny because <laughs> i didn't register it for a second it took me a moment um you hear behind you uh you you've sort of not noticed it because you've been in combat with this woman but uh the uh minotaur chieftain is fighting off this horde of returned and he lets out a powerful war cry and you feel this sort of uh this power wash over you and uh it's about to be bronte's turn on each of your turns you have advantage on uh any sort of attack roll that you make okay well i'm going to yell at her and say may karanos guide our blows and i'm going to and from my finger a bolt of lightning will shoot out and I will make I'll cast guiding bolt at first level. That is a natural twenty. Oh. Alright. Roll me critical damage. Hey, we're finally rolling good. I rolled good on the damage to almost kill Jay, so <laughs> You did. That was close to max damage. I was like, oh, this is wonderful. I, I'm at I'm at one HP now, by the way. <laughs> Sorry about that. Hey, one's not zero. One's not zero. That is a fact. I learned that playing magic. <laughs> the gathering. Uh that is twelve points of radiant damage. Oh wait, that's not right, that's not doubled. Oops. Oh, yep. So we're just doubling dice, right? Just doubling dice. So yeah, that's 24 then. All right. She is barely holding on. Um, all right. So that's 24. Okay. I have to do math real quick. All right. Oh, no. Um, yeah. When you get down into the single digits, it's hard to remember exactly. Um, all right. Uh, Fevrisk, it's your turn. I let out a snarl as I, uh, and like little blood spittle comes out of my mouth because I'm messed up, mm -hmm. mostly from uh, my little annoying human friend, but uh, partially because of her. And I give one mighty throw to my spear at her. Ugh. And the mighty throw is advantage. a 10. Oh, I have advantage? You, you have, have advantage two yep. times over because Guiding Bolt does it as well. 21 damage. 21 to yeah, hit. Yeah, 21 to hit. Yeah, sorry. 21 will hit her. Okay. And then let's roll this damage. I hate this. Oh, that's a d6, not a d8 for the throw. Uh, five damage. She's still standing. <sighs> but you do, uh, you do manage to hit her. Um, all right. And is that your turn? Uh, is she close enough that I could send Gataki to attack her too? Uh, she tell well. Yeah, she she moved. I won't far say away. tell. She moved about thirty feet away from me. Uh, his speed is forty. All right, so he could reach. All her. right, so Gataki's gonna run up and do while well, she's distracted mm -hmm. with my spear and do force empowered rend mm -hmm. for seventeen. Um, that will hit her. Roll me damage. All righty, and that's a D eight plus two. Uh, eight damage. 
Um, so uh, she manages to sort of dodge aside from it uh, and only takes half of that damage. But that is enough to reduce her to zero hit points. And Kataki sort of bowls her over and she falls to the ground, uh, seemingly knocked out. So she is on the ground, apparently unconscious. Is it over? Erythros, <laughs> it's your turn. Can I cast Burning Hands now? Uh, you would hit Kataki. Yeah, okay. I've done it before. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm very angry. Uh, you said she was 30 right. feet, so I, I gotta move. Uh, yeah, that's fine. You but can yeah, move probably enough. I, I just want to like run at her and just like it's like like throw a punch, but have it shoot mm-hmm. fire out from the punch. Uh, and uh, she has to do a dex save. Uh, she is apparently unconscious, <laughs> so you will assume that she fails any dex save. Uh, yeah, that's not good for her. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's 13 fire damage in the form of a gigantic pyretic fist just barreling down. Like Saitama? No, that would kill literally everything in this city. I, I'm, uh, I'm, it's a city I, of the dead, Lorelai. They're already dead. It's okay. <laughs> look, look. Not a man, and I'm, I'm like, couple punch NB Golem. That's not as catchy a show title, but yeah. <laughs> Couple punch and be Uh Well, you send this fiery fist at her, uh, and it envelops her body in flame. And she, the fire washes over her, and it seems like maybe it carried her away or something. But suddenly, her body is gone, and all that's there are these smoldering rags. From behind you, you can hear the sound of this Minotaur chieftain as he's still knocking down all of these returned. And then suddenly he's making noise, but the returned are not. And they all seem to have stopped moving. And he's huffing and puffing. He's knocking them around with his ax, sort of cutting some of them in half. Some of them he's just batting away and they're flying across the room um, with his tremendous amount of strength. But they seem to have stopped attacking him and he doesn't know how to stop attacking them. (laughs) And he... He sort of slows down and turns and looks and sees the three of you standing there and she's gone. And he sees the smear of burnt rags on the ground and he goes, is it finished? I just point at the smear and say, ashes to ashes, jerks to dust. (laughs) These are so bad. Um. (laughs) (laughs) They're so bad they've looped around to get again. Uh, I, I growl at him and give it's him... It's worth noting, I, I do not speak Minotaur. <laughs> <laughs> this is spoken yeah, he doesn't know what you just said. I, he, he doesn't speak common. I, I growl, it's finished, Minotaur. She's dead. He lifts his axe into the ground, his axes, and slams them both into the stone ground of this palace, uh, wedging them into there. And he lets out a bellowing roar... And you can hear Minotaur all across the city uh, also roaring as the undead still continue to just stand and stare at something. Uh, what direction are they staring? Do I need to roll perception? Uh, they're staring towards where she just died. Do we? You can see it, it very clearly. Is there a mask there? Is that where the mask fell? 
there is still a mask sitting on the ground. Hmm. Oh, but by the way, uh, your uh, your bronze sable should have made a. Oh yeah, dex. your bronze sable needs to make a dex saving throw to see if Gataki is still standing. Oh yeah, sure. For, I I forgot. Dex. Everyone saves forgot. Saves or dex plus three. Uh, thirteen. Yeah, um, the the saves are thirteen. Okay, so. perfect. It takes half damage, however much that was. Um, I don't remember. It was, I believe, twelve damage. So six. Twelve or fourteen. It's mm-hmm. six or seven damage. It's a little singed. It's fine. Leaps and twists out of the way. Uh, Bronte, your your javelin was on the ground. Yep. Um, at your feet, so it's it's right there next to you. Um, but the undead are staring at what appears to be. Uh, the cracked golden mask on the ground. I uh, approach the mask, um, and Wait. well, I don't touch it yet. Really, I'm an artificer. Relax. Mm-hmm. So I, I approach it and squat down. Uh, and can I roll like uh, investigate investigation to see uh, what the particular magic of this mask might have been. I don't know if that's something I can do with just investigation. If it looks like it's still magical or if it's been like shattered and the magic is gone. Uh, give me a, and anyone who wants to roll on this, uh, either a knowledge religion or knowledge arcana. All right. I got arcana 15 on arcana. Ah, it's a 12 on religion. Bronte, do you want to make a roll? Sure. Another nat one. All right. Um, so with your, your 15 arcana, um, you see that there's a crack in it, and you know that uh, magical items, sometimes when they are broken, lose their power. But you're not super familiar with this specific magic item. So you're not sure if that might have broken it or if there could be some magic still on there. But you do know that a lot of magic items, when they are broken, will lose their power. I uh, I shrug and cast Identify and touch it. <laughs> um, tell me about the spell Identify real quick. So it takes one minute. Uh, I, I mm-hmm. choose one object that I must touch throughout the casting of the spell if it's a magic item or some other magic imbued object, you learn its properties and how to use them. Whether it requires attunement to use, how many charges it has, if any. You learn whether any spells are affecting the item and what they are. If the item was created by a spell, you learn which spell created it. Uh, yeah. Okay. So um, as you're reaching down and casting the spell... Uh, I'm going to say that you can't take that back anymore. You're going to touch the mask. Um, Bronte, did you want to say something as he was reaching down to touch it? Yes, I was going to say, wait, it's been foreseen. Our friend the Minotaur must smash this. So uh, you are gifted with that vision from Karanos of the Minotaur crushing the mask beneath his hoof. Uh, You did not know about that vision, Feverisk, And so you reach out and while casting the spell, you touch the mask. And as you do, uh, the spell seems to work. You learn a lot very quickly. You see the entire history of this mask as it is stolen uh, off of Erebos himself, where it was hanging from his uh, robes. 
by Phoenix, who took the mask and gifted it to this rogue. You see Phoenix handing her the mask. You see its history as she donned it and became this queen of the undead here. And the whole history sort of plays out in your vision. Um, And that's what you see in just a moment as soon as you touch the mask. And then the rest of you see what appears to be uh, a long tendril of shadow sort of snake along the ground very fast and sort of spin around the ground where Feverisk is perched over touching the mask. And in an instant, this shadow leaps up and it is a whip and it wraps around Feverisk and pulls him down into the ground. Can I, can I stomp on the mask? Uh, you are not close enough to do so at this moment, and you're not fast enough either. This happens in sort of okay. almost simultaneously to him touching it. Um, as he does, uh, Feversk, you are pulled through the ground and into what appears to be just darkness all around you. You feel yourself pulled through a body of water for a moment, and then suddenly you find yourself in a place that you don't recognize because you've never been there, but you've heard a lot about it. You're in the underworld. Uh, all right, I look around and see what's around me. Like, do I see anyone? Do I see Athreos? Um, you don't see Athreos. You don't see anyone at all for a moment. But you do hear a sound uh, coming from sort of off in the distance. You find your vision is kind of hazy. You're not really acclimated to the darkness here quite yet. Uh, Gataki is not with you. You're entirely alone. You do hear a sound of what appears to be maybe fighting off in the distance. I head in that direction. Uh, As you move towards it, um, you start seeing as your vision starts clearing that you are surrounded by these dark shadowy shapes uh, that are sort of almost an inky blackness around you rising from the ground. And you notice that some of them have humanoid features to them, but they're not moving. Um, And as you get closer to the sound, you see ahead of you what appears to be a figure in white and gold. And in one hand, she has what appears to be maybe a spear. But you can't really tell because it's made of that same inky darkness as everything else around you. And this woman, she has brown hair. Your vision's clearing a little bit and you see that she is delivering blows against some sort of monster that's towering over her that looks to be almost a perversion of some sort of humanoid form as if it's been twisted and dark and she pulls the spear down and she spears straight through it and she turns as it sort of melts away into darkness and looks at you and then you feel yourself being pulled back through the darkness once more and up through that body of water and you're standing again in the throne room but there's no mask there in front of you. Gataki kind of walks over and rubs up against your leg. Hmm. Where'd you Interesting. go? So what did we see? Uh, you saw him pulled into the ground through darkness. Uh-huh. And then you saw him sort of rise back up through it, standing there by himself with no mask. Can I so roll? I'm just gonna I'm just going to throw my hands in there and say, Kithy and Ayora, what the hell just happened? What the underworld? Uh, can I roll history to figure out who that was? Yeah. I mean, I know who it was. Can I get advantage because I'm a Leonin? You are a Leonin, so you will have advantage on this. I'm really glad you're the one who touched the mask, actually. Uh, so with advantage, 19. 
uh, you definitely remember stories uh, that were told to you by another Leor- Leonin uh, of a woman named Elspeth who defied the gods and she was killed for it. And you know, you believe that's who you just saw fighting in the underworld. I just saw something. Something. I have to go home. I have to tell someone. Uh, And I just like start walking away from the rest of them because I do not care about them at all. (laughs) (laughs) Especially after one of them almost killed me. (laughs) All right. Um, That's cold. But valid. <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, Feverisk, as you are, you start leaving out. You um, you find no opposition. The the Minotaur have mostly disarmed the undead of the city as you walk through. Um, assuming you go out the main entrance. If you go out the side entrance, you don't see anything at all, and you are allowed passage out unless one of your companions tries to stop you. Nope. Now I'm just gonna wave and say, "See ya, fuzzball." Mm, I'll be I'll be back to study you later. <laughs> you will not. Sorry. Mm, I just like <laughs> turn and give like some side eye <laughs> and bare a little bit of my teeth. It's like, uh, <clears throat> and I just turn and and, and growl. Uh, Grow up a little before we cross paths again, or you won't find it pleasant. As you leave Feverisk, uh, the Minotaur chieftain sort of steps forward and actually puts a hand on Erythros' shoulder and then tries to put a hand on on uh, Bronte's shoulder at the same time, but he's a little too far away. So it's kind of like that awkward, like, oh, I misjudged distance um, as his hand kind of hovers a little bit. And then he pulls it back and he goes, you fought good for Erebos. You've brought great honor to my clan. Thank you. I open up my breastplate and take out the jar in my chest and say, wine? I, 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 I use my other hand to, like, make a little drinking gesture. Uh, the, the chieftain is going to reach over and uh, he's going to, to grab the wine and he's going to start bringing it up to his lips. And then you hear a sound of uh, something scrambling and you look over and notice uh, one of the returned uh it's sort of clawing along the ground. It's actually been chopped in half. Uh-huh. Um, but you see that it oddly has a mask that incorporates this really long gold beard. Uh-huh. And it just sort of holds up a hand towards him and starts shaking its head violently. <laughs> uh, the chieftain sees it and he sort of stops just short of taking a sip of the wine. And he smells it and he goes, mm, a, a, a delicate bouquet. And he hands it back to you. I just look sad and defeated because I don't know what he said, and and I just put it back in me. And then he uh, he he turns to to Bronte and he goes, "And what of you? Will you join my clan now? No. Will you swear to Erebos, or will you stay with your god of storms? The god of storms has plans for me yet, and I must return to my city. Tell them of our victory here, and that none may pretend." To hold dominion over the dead. The bleak-hearted god will always be the god of the returned. Indeed. And I wish you the best with that. But I have... I feel like I have an imposter to overthrow in my own city. He nods and and uh, holds an axe up in the air as a salute to you. And I'll hold up my spear and then I'll begin walking. I'll, I'll clap the minotaur on the back, give him a, a hearty laugh. 
and then uh just just like scruffle his head hair a little bit um the the minotaur sort of snorts and then uh gives you a clap on the back as well and i think that's uh that's kind of the end of our adventure here um i don't know what you plan to do with erythros or what erythros's plans are i'm sure you are welcome to go join bronte heading back to the city yep um i i clap him on the back very hard and he's tiny (laughs) Um, <laughs> I'm not actually tiny. I'm just shorter than you. <laughs> yeah, tiny. Um, and say, what do you say, little one? Back to the city? Sure. There's one more jerk we gotta deal with. All right. Uh, and that is the end of Asphodel and Sulfur. Can we, like, walk um, so off into the sunset? It's like a, a... That is exactly what you do. Yeah. Yes. Are there explosions going off in the city behind us? Uh, no, oh. there are no explosions. There's, there's. I don't think they've discovered gunpowder on Theros. Hey, yet. Greek fire was a thing. There could be like. There's also magic. Yeah, I don't think the Minotaur know magic outside of uh, uh you know, pain. Yeah, um, but yeah, thank you for playing, and um, I hope everyone enjoyed this adventure and the the fun of you know being tossed around by fate. Uh, until you get to kill someone. Yay! Welcome to life. I got to, I got to maybe kill someone. I never. I just wanted to hold someone. That's all. No one wanted to. <laughs> oh, poor Bronte. No one wanted to be held. There. So, like, I had mentioned in an earlier episode about like when I built this character, I had a bunch of ideas for different kind of attacks I wanted to do and stuff. Uh, one of the things I did not get to do um, was um, drop my hammer and cast catapult on it. And send my hammer launching at someone kind of far away. Then turn use my action surge to cast burning hands on someone in a different direction. And then use my bonus action to lift my hand in the air and call my hammer back to me. I didn't get to do that. But um, very fortunate that your javelin attack missed, Brian. Because I got to cast catapult on that. And that was cool. Yeah, uh, my... Um... My near max damage would have been really nice if it had been against the enemy. That, that's um... <laughs> well. I mean, I did, I did say the only way it could miss and hit someone in the party was on a natural one, so I had to commit to that. So this was very fun. D and D is fun. Um, for for my final thought, it's just that uh, I had a lot of fun planning this campaign out, and I'm uh, glad that you sided with the Minotaur because that was the ending I hoped would happen. Um, because I like the Minotaur a lot. And ever since James Wyatt, uh, kind of confirmed that not all Minotaur are, uh, mindless sort of evil berserkers. I was like, I want Minotaur who are good, or at least who are good doing things that are good for people. Yes. Yeah. Uh, definitely still evil. Definitely still evil. But, uh, you know, evil doesn't necessarily mean you can't do good things. Uh, yeah, I, I could have tried to fight him, but I feel like that would have made this whole session way more difficult. <laughs> so I didn't do that. And the wine thing is funny. Yeah, uh, he was actually not as powerful as a single combatant as uh, the pretender that you fought was. But that is neither here nor there. I already fought a Minotaur. I wanted to fight something else. Uh yeah, so so that's 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 it for this. Uh, we will 
be back with D&D, hopefully uh, with Ikoria. With I think that's our plan. Um, obviously, we don't have to worry about that now. We'll so probably not till end of April or May or, yeah, probably May. I don't know. That's far enough away that I'm. We're not scheduling out that far, but yeah, yeah. I, this was fun, and and I hope everyone listening uh, had fun with D and D. It was kind of an emergency to get this on here, so thank you, Chris, again for agreeing to it and like joining the cast and whatnot because this doesn't happen without you. And uh, yeah, this this was this was fun. This is uh, a neat thing that I am excited to kind of rotate in every now and then. So we will hopefully be back with this. And uh, if y'all out there in the podcast listening realm enjoyed this small little D&D adventure and generally enjoyed the podcast uh, and and want us to keep making it, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash the Vorthoscast and support us starting today. Uh, All of your donations help us keep continue producing the show and keep us releasing episodes every week. And everyone who joins gets access to our Discord community, where we have Vorthoses from around the world discussing exciting new things, like all these exciting new products that are coming out, and still Pokemon. Like, we're still talking about a lot of Pokemon. It's great. Pokemon's awesome. Um, but yeah, so so if, uh, you know, w- whether you want to be part of that community or not, don't let that you know, stop you from uh, supporting us on Patreon if, if that's what you want to do. And uh, for everyone who does support us, thank you very much because you're fantastic and you keep the wheels on this podcast bus going round and round. So that's awesome. So uh, thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.